Ted's here too, and he brought his sister. Great! More hands to help me make delicious Totino's pizza. <laughs> it's Earl's. Hi. Hi. I'm Sabine. What's your name? I... I've never had one. That's a shame. Season four, episode five, Breaking Glass. AKA Lesbian Subtext, the episode. Okay, it absolutely is Lesbian Subtext, the episode, but can we talk about the terrible name first? Breaking Glass, because, yeah, it, uh, Sydney's in it and mirror stuff. Sydney, I... who is Gus Fring on Breaking Bad. Uh, and this is Breaking Glass. And he's Sydney Glass. And, uh... I mean, that's not a coin. There's. N- there's Zero percent chance of you convincing me that that was a coincidence. I'm also relatively sure that this is his last episode. Is it? Well, that makes sense. He does get rejected by all the women he loves in this episode. Yeah, so much for the he'll never be able to leave Regina's side thing. I mean, I guess that was already out the window with him being in an asylum and all, but... No, this actually makes sense. I mean, you know... Oh, you mean because of the genie wish? Yeah. Yeah. Eh, yeah. That was like three realities ago. <laughs> Ooh. Does changing realities undo genie wishes? It seems kind of inconsistent what spells stay and which ones don't. Huh. So the previously on reminded us that, hey, maybe Emma knew the Snow Queen, but she can't remember. And also Maid Marian is in an ice coma. Yeah. That Regina agreed to help get her out of. And the title card, other than the snow globe aspect of the title card, is a bridge, which is nice because it reminds us of the gal pal scene where Regina is teaching Emma how to use her magic and they do the whole bridge thing. I like the way that the the bridge theme carried across. It's nice. It's almost like it's intentional, but that would be giving the people who write the show way too much credit. Oh, you're so mean. So, in the Ice Queen's ice cave, she's doing a little sculpting. Yep, she's just creating life with ice magic like you do. Okay, I said I was going to bring this up, I think it was last episode, and I did not. Something about Elizabeth Mitchell? Something about Elizabeth Mitchell. But then someone tweeted it at us before you could bring it up. Yes, but Elizabeth Mitchell was Mrs. Claus in the sequel to The Santa Claus the wedding clause or the marriage clause the The mrs Mrs. clause Clause. okay i want to put this out there into the universe 
Santa Claus is not spelled with an E. It's a pun in the movie title on Claus, the legal term. Yeah. It's a it, pun. Yeah. There are a whole bunch of people who are like, no, Santa Claus is spelled with an E, like the movie. And I'm like, no, the movie's a pun. Oh, your friends are too young. That's what's going on. Uh, it was something I encountered all of the time and it drove me nuts. The E is how you distinguish between the movie and the guy. Yes, but also it's how you distinguish between the Santa Claus and Santa Claus the movie, which is a truly, truly weird children's movie. Is that the one where we find out that Santa, like, was young and went into the... Okay, so the movie is divided into two halves, and the first half is, like, straight up a superhero origin story of Santa Claus. (laughs) I mean, I know the Santa Claus with an E is actually kind of that as well, but this is much more a DC superhero origin story. It's, like, dark and gritty. So, the first half of the movie is a dark, gritty origin story for Santa Claus. So, yeah, he starts out young. And then the second half is, like... Him fighting evil toy manufacturers. It's a super weird movie. And it's super dark and adult for a movie for kids. So I'm like, who is this movie aimed at? It's kind of funny that we're talking about the Santa Claus now because a few episodes back we had a long-ish talk about, um, well, we talked about Pierce Anthony and specifically the incarnations of immortality. We did. Which the first book in the Incarnations of Immortality opens with a guy shooting the Grim Reaper and becoming the new Grim Reaper. Oh, which is what happens in Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah. Which, God, I feel so bad for Elizabeth Mitchell having to make out with Tim Allen. Oh, God, I know, right? You think she got, like, crazy in the mouth? Oh, we went different directions with that. Yeah. I, like, I legitimately don't think I can watch the next Toy Story movie. Yeah, it it is hard. I'm... I feel like I'll be okay with the Toy Story movie because, you know. His fans attacked, like, his fans sent threatening letters to the Anne Frank Center after they're like, hey, he should apologize for saying that a cons- being a conservative in Hollywood is like being a Jew in Nazi Germany. Dear God. No, but I feel like I'll be okay watching it because I can't see his face. Ugh. I think that'll make a difference. But also, I would like to believe that Elizabeth Mitchell in The Santa Claus to the Mrs. Claus, is is also is the same character that she is here, and that that's the origin story of her Snow Queen powers. Things we see later in this season will prove that to be wrong, but we can, for now, we can just assume that this is part of just being Mrs. Claus. Does this mean that Elsa is going to have to fight her to become the new Mrs. Claus? Is this a... um... Why would Elsa want to be Mrs. Claus? Then she has to kiss Tim Allen. Also, can I point out that the way Santa Claus works in the Santa Claus movies is the same way the Dark One works. Yeah. Okay, also, also, from the Mrs. Claus, she falls in love with Tim Allen, which, ugh, but whatever. But the thing is, she falls in love with him when he's, like, Tim allen and then she kisses him, and he becomes Santa Claus again, so it's like, congratulations, the dude you, uh, you, the dude you fell for is now, like, 50 years older, and has a completely different body morphology and facial setup. Uh, she fell in love with his heart. <sighs> also, we've been recording for like 10 minutes and we haven't even talked about the first second of this episode. Well, no, we talked about her doing some ice sculpting. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. We, did we talk- haven't talked about the first 10 seconds into the episode. Yeah, let's jump into that. And I actually have some problems to talk about. Uh, is it about how the justice system is awful in Storybrooke? 
Like, I I don't even feel comfortable joking about it because... Well, we should first do the setup for this. Uh, please, set up the scene. Okay, so they're in they're in the police station, and Elsa remembered that she has a missing sister, and it's not her job to be Emma's life coach, because she kind of seemed like she forgot about Anna in the last, like, episode or so, <laughs> to just focus on storybook book drama, but she's like, oh, right, my sister, I was looking for her, that was my plot line. And Emma's all... Yeah, I guess we should get around to that. Like, it's really weird that I feel like I know this woman, but I I can't remember her. And she's, and it's clear that both Emma and Elsa have a past with the Snow Queen. So they've basically just pulled all of the records from Town Hall to go through and see what information they can find. I really like Emma's sweater in this scene, I was just thinking the same thing. It's a great white sweater. And you know when this would have worked? When she was doing the whole, like, innocent first date thing with Hook. Oh. I feel like this is a much better innocent outfit than yeah. the one she ended up wearing. I see why they wanted to put her in a dress, but you're right. This would have been so much more natural for her and better. And I love the pattern that is on it, and I think I might try to recreate that sweater. Yeah, it's really good. It's got kind of this wide pattern on the sleeves. and The sleeves are loosely knit, and the body has a, a kind of square, almost staircase pattern on it. I did swear to stop making white sweaters, though, because they're a pain in the ass to knit because they can't get dirty. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and I take geez. my knitting everywhere I go, so that's a problem. I had this really nice white sweater once, which I got for Christmas, and I loved it, but I'm like, I can never wear this, because I will immediately get it stained. Oh, see, it's not even an issue for me of when I'm wearing it, it's an issue of when I'm knitting it. Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah, you knit everywhere, so. Yeah. Um. Okay, so we're going to have to talk about the human rights abuse. Okay. I, I feel like we've been putting it off with sweater talk, which, in our defense, it's a really nice sweater, and... It deserves to be talked about, but... Okay, so Will Scarlet is in the jail cell. You know, for his crime of breaking into a library and drunkenly humping a book. It's funny that you should say for his crime of innocently humping a book, because he hasn't actually, as far as I can tell, been charged with a crime. They just locked him up, haven't fed him, and Emma says that she's going to keep him there until she feels like not keeping him there anymore. Like, she straight up says that. Yeah, he brings up, he's like, okay, seriously, how long am I going to be in jail? And she's like, until I feel like letting you go. And then she throws a Pop-Tart at him so he won't starve to death. A Pop-Tart that she has taken a bite out of. And he's like, really? She's like, oh, I've had my shots. No, this isn't a jokey situation. This is legitimately an awful thing you guys are doing. And we're supposed to be on their side. This is a horror movie from Will Scarlet's point of view. Yeah. You know the horror movie where you're like, the city person who's driving through a weird country town and they arrest you for no reason and then starve you to death? That is what's happening to Will Scarlet and involve you in their weird psychosexual drama, which is also totally going to happen with David and Mary Margaret. Yep. And then later with Belle and Rumpel, but we'll get into that when we get into it. I d- Emma's behavior is not okay. And especially as someone who's been through the system... Like, so she's been to jail. Yeah, it's just so not okay. Hook gives his convenient excuse for not being in most of this episode, which is taking Henry sailing, which is also Henry's convenient excuse for not being in most of this episode. Was he going to school at this time? I mean, he's a child actor, so, I mean, presumably there have to be episodes where he's mostly out of it because he has to go to school. So... Elsa finds a packet from season one full of pictures that uh, Regina had taken of Emma. And Emma's like, oh, remember season one? And Emma... Remember how tight the writing was and how good the chemistry was between all of us? 
And Emma says, oh yeah, when Regina was mayor, she really abused her power. In front of the guy they've imprisoned illegally for no reason. Oh my god, this episode. Well, not for no reason, it's just he hasn't been charged, so. So for no reason. Yeah, it's, because I guess technically breaking and entering, but. No, he, okay, I mean, let's be fair, Will Scarlet did commit some minor crimes, but he hasn't been charged with anything. There are no judges or courtrooms in this town, as we know. Uh, he's he's literally trapped in legal limbo right now. I didn't mention it at the time, but the only reason they knew he was doing anything wrong is because he told them. Like, when they found him going through the tent, he was a merry man, and he told them he was a merry man. If he had, If he hadn't followed it up with, oh yeah, and I also looted a bunch of stuff. Like, they would have had literally nothing on him. Well, I think we see in this episode that Will Scarlet, at least as he's portrayed on this show, I don't know how it was in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, but at least as it's shown on this show, Will Scarlet's dumb. He's real dumb. Also, don't talk to the cops. Ever, for any reason. They are not your friends. They're not going to help you out. Do not talk to the cops. Well, it doesn't matter here. Cops are going to do whatever they want here, which I'm... I know, I just... In real life, I know. feel like we have a platform, so I kind of want to put that out there. Yeah. Like, call a lawyer immediately. Don't, like, even if they say, oh, you, it just makes you look guilty. No, get a lawyer. There are only two things you should ever say to cops. Am I free to leave? I want to speak to a lawyer. That's it. Don't say anything else. Also, if Max isn't going to cut this out, then I do need to put in the disclaimer that this is not legal advice. Uh, no. Half of us are not a lawyer, and one of us is not a lawyer in the state we're recording this in. And it's definitely not your lawyer. Yeah. This is just friendly neighborhood advice. <laughs> but not legal advice. But not legal advice. Speaking of people who uh, aren't qualified to give legal advice. That was a that was such an awkward segue. People, uh, Speaking of people you shouldn't get advice from, Regina is sort of flipping out because she can't find out how to un-ice comify her boyfriend's wife. And she asked the mirror if the mirror has found her yet, meaning the Snow Queen. And he is he is getting all snarky on her, isn't he? He says, I'm sorry, I can't keep track of what woman you're obsessed with this week. Yeah. Yeah, actually he says, I can't keep track of your nemeses. Which I like because it's the proper plural form of nemesis. So he's all like, well, haven't come across the Snow Queen yet. Although, you know, Regina's not great at motivating her. I was going to say employees, but slave? That's unfortunate. It is is unfortunate but it's also she's keeping him magically imprisoned until he does what she wants yeah so yeah yeah regina's never been a good motivator regina's never been good with her subordinates no and sydney is really kind of at the end of his rope which makes sense because she kind of left him in an she left him in an asylum and then legitimately forgot about him man so spe- How's that redemption going? Speaking of terrible people. Who should be locked in mirrors? You know the whole five obligatory minutes with Mary Margaret and David we have every episode so that they can stay in the uh front in, in the front credits? Yeah, that. Yeah. This is what we're getting here. Ugh. Cause Snow's all not wanting to leave her baby because Well, because she's a new mother, and also because they've lost their babies before between the wicked she points out between the curse and the wicked witch they keep losing their babies and david's like yeah but i mean the baby's not us so who gives a shit really we're not gonna focus on this baby like ever after the you know 
Now that he's born, who really cares? Yeah, he says, we need this. And I was like, what you need is to take her shopping, because that outfit is terrible. Mary, Margaret, and David need a lot of things, let's be clear. Yeah, but they're leaving the baby with Belle so that they can have some romantic alone time. You know, I was joking about them having, like, five minutes just to uh, keep the people front credited, but this scene is over super quickly. Well, this plot is non-essential and, yeah, over quickly, thank God, because it's terrible. I feel like this is the sort of thing that would get cut in syndication so that they could add more commercial stuff. Yeah, except that the show's already pretty short, but yeah, I totally see that. There's a... I, I've been... Re, I was re-watching Friends. Uh-huh. Uh, not on Netflix, so through other means. And there were a whole bunch of jokes I never heard before. And I was like, wow, like when they just... There's a lot of stuff that gets cut. And Netflix uses a weird version of Friends. Like... I feel like they use, like, a TBS version of Friends, because there are definitely jokes I remember that they straight up cut out. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I know you're right. I know they did cut stuff out. It's really weird, because I watched Friends on the DVDs, and when I watched it on Netflix, because I knew some episodes so well, it was jarring to see what they cut out. Yeah. I don't know why I said it like that. The other means I was talking about were the DVDs. I had the, uh... I had those Best of Friends collections, where you didn't get all of the episodes from a I find those personally offensive. Yeah, they were pretty awful. I had the first three seasons in full. Yeah, no, see, I I won't buy a DVD set unless it contains every episode. Otherwise, I don't know what we're playing at. You remember when they used to do, like, The Simpsons Best of Whatever, and it was, like, three episodes a DVD, and they were, like, 30 bucks? Yeah, and those insulted me, too. And I also remember, and you might not because I'm a little older than you, I remember buying episodes of Star Trek... Both the original series and the next generation, one at a time on VHS because that's how they came. How young do you think I am? I remember the whole VHS thing. I had like two episodes of the X Men animated series on VHS. I just don't know that you were in the sweet spot because I was in high school when I was purchasing these episodes. I don't know. I didn't know that you were in the sweet spot where you had your own money and could afford to be spending that own money on single episode VHSs of Star Trek. Even Red Dwarf had the, like, decency to have two episodes per VHS. Red Dwarf isn't streaming on Netflix anymore. I really want to show you a lot of episodes of that show. Especially now that I've got you watching Star Trek. It's it's a comedy, so it's kind of like Futurama, where it's just a bunch of Star Trek jokes. I'm familiar with Red Dwarf. Have you seen any of it? I saw the pilot and one other episode. Okay, wait, we, we've, got some, we've got some Red Dwarf watching to do. But I had the uh, Pride of the X-Men pilot. Oh my. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that the one where Wolverine has an Australian accent? It is the one where Wolverine has an Australian accent. And the White Queen is in it, but it's real weird. She's working for Magneto. Like, it it opens with her. And she's got this weird, like, energy spear thing. Wait, because... Not in lieu of her telepathy, but in addition to her telepathy, she does this weird energy spear thing. Is that because X-Men thinks that mental powers should just be able to do everything the way that apparently once upon a time thinks that ice powers should do everything there's a lot of ice telekinesis and ice teleportation in this episode which we should get back to talking about i feel like we just really don't want to talk about this episode for some reason which is weird because i really enjoyed this episode so back in storybrook or i guess in a different part of storybrook because we've been in storybrook 
we have a very different flashback setup this uh, episode. Yeah, that's true. We've been flashing back to Arendelle and Elsa and Anna, and this episode will be flashing back to Emma's teenage years. To a completely different genre of show. Teen Emma. So Emma and Elsa are in their car, are in Herbie the Love Bug, and they're talking about Emma's relationship with Regina and how it's been strained and how Emma, like, misses Regina and their relationship was getting to this really good place where they were really connecting, but now it's all been shattered and, like, Emma can never go back now because once you screw someone over, you can never unscrew them over. Which is really weird because that's not the lesson of the rest of this show. So the fact that Emma would think that is just absurd. And Elsa points that out. Elsa's like, you two need to just, like, sit down, talk things out, and then make out a whole bunch. Wait, was it Elsa? Is it Elsa who says that? Or are you thinking of me screaming that at the TV when I was sitting next to you on the couch when we were watching it this morning? Literally, this whole thing just really reads like they're talking about a romantic relationship. Yes, it definitely does. And uh, speaking of things that read like romantic relationships... We're going to cut from that to Teen Emma's Meet Cute with Teen Lily in uh, 19- Minnesota. In Minnesota in 1998. Yeah, Emma's a lot younger in 1998. Than she was in 1999. Yeah, in 1998 she's played by an entirely different actress. Something must have happened to her in 1998 that changed her fundamentally. Well, she's uh, browsing around the store when she makes eye contact with a brunette girl who smiles at her and then wanders off. Yep, yep. And Emma is really not good at this. She attempts to stick a uh, Pop-Tart underneath her coat. A box of Pop-Tarts. A box of Pop-Tarts. Which is weird because that's what she was just giving Will Scarlet. So I I guess they're just keeping it consistent that Pop-Tarts are a thing Emma likes to eat. Mm. But... A security guard who is apparently following Emma. That does happen. Who, I know it's not, but she looks a lot like the woman who played Bo Peep. Oh, she does. She does kind of have the same facial structure as the one who played Bo Peep. Especially around the eyes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, she busts Emma and is like, hey, you're totally stealing because there's stuff under your jacket. But then, brunette girl to the rescue, she shows up with the cart and is like, oh, hey, thanks for grabbing the Pop-Tarts for us. We're going to go shop, security guard. This is just us, two girls shopping while our parents wait outside, our adult parents. We're just two white girls not doing anything wrong. And the security guard's like, well, I guess if there's two of you, you're probably not (laughs) shoplifting and wanders off. Well, I mean, honestly, if you've got a cart, you're probably not shoplifting. Mm. And then after the security guard's gone, Lily. Lily. For this is Lily. Yeah, she's like, hey, you know what's easier than stealing a giant box of Pop-Tarts under your shirt? Just steal a credit card and buy what you want. And Emma... That's also not legal advice. Hmm. Emma's really bad at this, by the way. I know, you would think she'd be better at it, considering that she's been on her own for at least, I don't know, I don't know how long at this point, but she's been on her own for a while at this point. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe she didn't have to get better because, like I said, she is a blonde white girl. But now that she's made it to Minnesota where everyone is a white girl, like, the the uh, the urchinness on her just, like, screams out and now she's getting profiled for the first time ever. Mm. Yeah, okay, that's probably what's happening. So Emma smiles at the girl and they leave with the groceries, but, uh-oh, there's a guy in a car chasing them. Yep, so they run. 
They managed to lose the car by running through the streets. And Lily's all like, thanks for having my back. And Emma's like, thanks for having my back. That's what gal pals do. We have each other's back. Okay, and there's a graffiti thing behind them that says always. I know, I noticed that. Definite Harry Potter reference, no doubt in my mind. And they introduce each other, and and I swear, I definitely read this lesbian teen runaways YA novel in high school. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like, this is a very specific subgenre of book that actually exists. Yeah. Although, usually not with lesbians. Sadly. But... But we cut from Emma's young romance to Emma's mature romance. Where Regina is not happy to see her because Mm. she's got magic research to do. What magic research that she needs to do to save the love of her life's dying wife. So, you know, that's hard. Also, she tells Emma that she can't talk right now because she's busy dealing with the problem that Emma created. And it's like, well... If by created the problem, you mean stopped you from killing a woman in the past, yeah, she created that problem, but, I mean, come on. So Emma brings the surveillance pictures she found of herself talking to the Snow Queen during season one, and Emma's like, do you know what this is about? What would I have been talking to her about? And Regina brings up the very good point, she says, well, maybe you stiffed her on a tip ice when you were at the ice cream shop. Like, she lived around town and you talked to people when you lived here. It's not that weird. Well, and then Emma's like, well, let's ask Sydney. No one's seen Sydney. And, you know, for a sheriff, Emma's super unconcerned about the fact that nobody knows where Sydney is. Yeah, she's like, we should talk to Sydney, but no one seems to know where he is, do you? And, Regina, and Regina's like, eh. Maybe stop harassing Will Scarlet and find Sydney. My God, Emma's terrible. Poor Sydney. He doesn't have any, like, nobody cares that he's missing. I know, right? So, Regina tells, Regina's like, okay, look, I can't, I'm not helping you, just please leave. And then Emma offers Regina her juice. Yeah, Regina's like. Uh, right? Yeah, Emma, Emma says, I know I'm not Sorceress of the Year, but if you need any extra juice to undo the spell, I'm here for you. Yeah, yeah. Regina finally got the savior to uh, take a bite of her forbidden fruit. (laughs) And she does an echo of the thing she had with Lily, where she's like, despite everything we've gone through, you've generally had my back, so I'm going to have yours. And I'm like, has she? Oh my god, these two never have each other's back, but they love each other. So it's, it's meant to be. And Regina's like, what are you talking about? You've never had my back, which is technically true because you two were enemies for forever. You've all, yeah, I know. But I mean, there was that one time you two used co-magic to cover up the moon with lesbian subtext so you could get rid of shadows and beat the shit out of Peter Pan. That's not how shadows work. Or the moon. It is how lesbianism works, though, so I'll give it a pass. Every time lesbians have sex, the moon disappears. It's been my experience. So Elsa is sitting in Emma's car as she has this conversation with Regina when suddenly a shit ton of fog rolls in and she sees a figure calling out to her in in Anna's voice because this is the most obvious trap ever. Yep. Yep. But I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then, of course, after she wanders off, Emma returns to find the empty car. 
Okay, so Regina's looking at a picture of, is it her and Robin? Yeah, so we cut back. Who took that picture? Yeah, we cut back from that scene to find a scene of Regina looking at a picture of her and Robin. Doing the headbutt of love. Legitimately, who took that picture? I mean, I believe that people take pictures. Of the evil woman who imprisoned you and... It happens. People take pictures. And then people who are just walking around with their cameras take pictures because they're like young photography buffs and then they're looking through their camera and they're like wow this is a really good picture and then they're like hey regina i found a really good i happen to take a really good picture of you and your boyfriend do you want me to email it over to you and then they do that happens that's a thing that happens that's way more congenial than i feel like the relationship the townsfolk has had with regina would suggest oh well hey maybe peter parker took it they own marvel now peter parker only takes pictures of himself Peter Parker was doing selfies before selfies were a thing. And I've gone on off about this before, but Peter Parker's pictures have to be terrible. Right? He's a bad photographer. Like, he just sticks cameras to walls and then hopes that they get him. Also... Like, angles are a thing. Lighting is a thing. Also, he's in a suit. Couldn't anyone be doing what he does? I'm just saying. The Daily Bugle doesn't need Peter Parker. I don't know. It's not a particularly well-run newspaper. It made more sense in The Ultimates where he wasn't a freelance photographer, where they had him doing... Web design. Web design! Wah, wah. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Oh, hey, speaking of terrible puns, let's go. Let's get into this scene because there's a terrible pun coming up. So, Regina's having a major sad over the picture of Robin Hood when Sydney's like, Hey, I found the Snow Queen's lair. And he's like, but I'm not going to tell you where it is till you let me out because that's how things work. I have leverage. And she's like, yeah, if you don't tell me, I'll just lock you in a smaller mirror or lock you in the asylum again or really do anything because nobody knows where you are and nobody cares and no one will come looking for you. And then he says, upon further reflection. Yeah, keep him in that mirror, Regina. He's the worst. Yeah, because I don't have the leverage I thought I did. I guess I'll take you to the Snow Queen. I mean, honestly, you can see this betrayal coming a mile away. Yeah, mostly because instead of just saying where the Snow Queen's lair is, he's like, I'll lead you there one step at a time. Anyway, we cut from that to the David and Mary Margaret plot. And David and Mary Margaret are in the jailhouse. For some reason, they're going to go out on a hike. They've left the baby with Belle. It's weird because there's no reason for them to be in the sheriff's station at that point. Um... But then once they're there, Mary Margaret starts whining about how they can't go on a walk because they'll have no cell reception. And David's like, oh, let's just take these town walkie-talkies. Which, oh, fine, whatever. It's not like you do any actual policing anyway. I guess. But he's like, there's one at the apartment that Belle can use, and then she can reach us even if we fall through a portal to Asgard, which... Haha, uh-huh, it's funny because Josh Dallas played Fandrill in the first Thor movie before being replaced by Zachary Levi. No one was thinking that far ahead. But also it means that... No, that had happened by this point. Yeah, but nobody was thinking about that. Nobody was thinking about Josh Dallas when they were writing the script. But it does mean that Asgard is its own realm. Hmm. And it also means that the walkie-talkies can work between realms. I mean, I know it's a throwaway line, but... Yeah, it's just, it's an excuse for them to be at the police station and notice that Will Scarlet is missing. Except that they didn't know they were going to grab the, there's no reason for, this is, you know what, this scene is not justified by the writing. But yeah, they noticed Will Scarlet's missing. Well, none of the Mary Margaret and Davis, like, it's just there, it's there, and then it's over. And it's there for like 10 seconds, and then it's over. 
like the thing that really hits me about the Mary Margaret and David scenes now is that they're all really short. Like I'd say maybe under 30 seconds short. Thank God. That's about as much time as I can stand with them. Anyway, since Will Scarlet is gone, David decides that what needs to happen is that they need to be a prince and princess on an adventure again, tracking down Will Scarlet. Yeah. Just like they used to, never at any point. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, we cut from that to Regina being led by her compact mirror to where the Snow Queen's lair is. And she's, is she wearing mom jeans? Oh, I was about to say, like, her her pants are ridiculously high-waisted, which was a look that I think really worked on her in season one. I feel like it's a callback to her Mary, uh, to her Mary Tyler Moore outfit in season one. But I feel like the jacket kind of makes it not work because she did look really good with the super high-waisted pants high and the waist, white shirt. High-waisted pants are fine if you're wearing a crisp shirt and a suit jacket, but she's wearing, like, some weird, shawly, practically boyfriend sweater. Like, what has falling in love with Robin Hood done to you, Regina, between this outfit and the I'm-ready-to-go-out-into-the-woods outfit she was wearing a couple of weeks ago? You need to fall in love with Emma fast before your wardrobe is irrevocably destroyed by this, like, Robin Hood emotion. Emma's not wearing her iconic red uh, leather jacket here. I did notice that. I think that they've been moving away from that this season. Yeah. She's wearing uh, just a brown leather jacket. I think we did point out how many, many leather jackets Emma owns. She does. She is a multiple leather jacket kind of person. She only owns two boxes of stuff, and a box and a half of that is taken up by leather jackets. And the half that's left is taken up by storyline significant memorabilia. That is correct. A dream catcher and a... Videotape. Yeah. Uh, apparently Betamax, but we'll get into that. Actually, I think it's a, I think it's a VHSC. We'll talk. Okay. In fact, I'm almost certain it's a VHSC. So, Emma and Regina encounter each other in the woods, and Emma's like, what are you doing out here? And Regina's all, I'm just gonna... Well, I can't figure out how to reverse the spell on Marion, so I'm just gonna beat the shit out of the Snow Queen until, um, until she undoes it herself. Yep. Which, legit. And I was like, that's neat. If you're doing a tracking spell, why aren't you following a flying object? Because that's always how tracking spells have worked in the past, which is a legitimate point. And Regina's like, I have other magic. Don't worry about it. I know magic. You don't know magic. Just follow me, okay? Since I can't stop you from following me, just fucking follow me. And stop asking me stupid questions. And Emma is going to follow her because she figures that wherever the Snow Queen is, that's probably where Elsa wandered off to, too. And... Her goal now is apparently to find Elsa and not to find the Snow Queen, which, I mean, I guess, okay, Elsa's in danger, you should probably save her, but eyes on the prize, Emma. Your original goal was to find the Snow Queen. So, back in the flashback, oh my god, Emma is her father's daughter. She's following a woman into the woods. Yes, both with Regina in the present line story and with Lily in the flashback story, because right now they're having a picnic in the woods. Yeah. With all their stolen stuff. With all their brand X uh, groceries. Yeah. I do like that, I mean, we saw Emma stealing a Pop-Tart, but here in the woods where they're having their picnic, they're eating sandwiches, which means they also stole, like, healthy food, which is nice, because when kids are on the run, you're going to expect them to steal, like, sugar snacks, but no, they actually stole some... Yeah. Well, they bought. With a stolen credit card. card. Okay. Not legal advice, but Max. Buying things with a stolen credit card is also stealing. But... Lily asks uh, Emma what she's doing out there, and she talks about how the last season ended with 
a flashback where she watched a little girl being adopted and she realized that's just never going to happen for her. She's just never going to find a forever home. So let's talk about continuity uh, retcons. All right. The Snow Queen retcon, what we're going to learn about the Snow Queen, kind of fixes a hole in the plot because it doesn't make sense that Emma would not have been adopted as a child until we learn what we learn about the Snow Queen. And I appreciate that. Look, it's a retcon that explains a plot hole, not a retcon that just creates a million of them. It is nice when retcons are there to fix continuity errors instead of uh, Creating just making them? everything worse. Oh. Sometimes, sometimes story points do in fact go back in time and ruin everything that came before. You know, like at the end of How I Met Your Mother, when Ted gets together with Robin and it went back in time and ruined the entire show before it. A show that was legit one of my favorite TV shows. Destroyed. See, I prefer not to do the whole, oh, that ruined X, but that did legitimately, that that did just ruin it. You're talking about a person who liked the end of Battlestar Galactica. And, and Lost. I understand the end of Lost. <laughs> I It's okay. I'm fine with the end of Lost. Well, I mean, as I've said to you before, the problem with the end of Lost is that we were all waiting for answers And the finale of Lost, instead of giving us answers, just told us we were asking the wrong questions the whole time. And that's frustrating. But it's something. And it's not punishing you for caring the way the end of How I Met Your Mother did. It's not systematically undoing all of the character development the characters went through just so you can use footage you recorded ten years ago. The end of How I Met Your Mother mocked the audience for caring about the storyline the show developed. That's that's what happened. Hey, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about Once Upon a Time at some point. Oh my god, we're not even halfway into the episode. <laughs> so Emma talks about how she saw the little girl getting adopted and she knew that she would never find that home. And Lily says... I understand that. I'm I'm an orphan too and I've I've never found the home I'm looking for, which is a very specifically worded sentence. But... Yep. Yep. Anyway, so they're in Minnesota, so there are all these wealthy people houses on the lake that they only live in in the summer. So now that it's fall, Lily's like, "Hey, let's just squat in one of these giant rich people houses." Which actually was in a uh, YA novel I read about a runaway kid. All right. I didn't read that one. I read the one about a girl who squatted in the mall. Oh. Yeah. So back back in the present, El- Elsa's chasing her ghostly sister's voice. And guess who finally got a budget increase, I guess. I guess Once Upon a Time decided that this season's budget should be spent making an ice bridge so that Elsa could get across the chasm to get to her sister who's on the other side shouting for her. Which, like I said in the intro, calls back to when Regina was teaching Emma magic through bridges. Hmm. Which is, but which is also shot to be basically a shot-for-shot reenactment of the scene in Frozen where Elsa makes the ice castle. Well, when yeah, when she's running across the chasm so she can go to the uh, place where she can make the uh, ice castle. Yeah, it's literally just that one bit. It's the shot is recreated, and I'm just saying a human woman looks weird running with her arms out like that in a way that a cartoon woman did not. So maybe don't be so married to your source material once upon a time. 
I'm just saying I'm glad that they're actually acknowledging Elsa has ice powers because we had that bit when she was talking to Kristoff a few episodes ago where he was like, no, wait, don't use your powers because we don't have the budget for that. Yeah, that's true. That was annoying. So I guess it's nice that they're like, okay, this was an iconic shot. So I guess we might as well throw the money at making <laughs> Anyway, they're half- this awkward running. So she's halfway across the ice bridge when Elsa just falls out Anna. of view. When Anna just, like, falls out of view, and she's just got this, what the fuck now, look on her face that I really treasure. It's obviously a trap, bro. I mean, she has to know it's a trap by now. Yeah, but but, I mean, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? It's like in Buffy, when Xander's like, what about the part where it's obviously a trap? And Buffy's like, well, yeah, but what's the alternative? Yeah, true. So David and Mary Margaret have apparently just been fucking around all day, because it's now nighttime, and they're wandering through the woods the park i don't know but actually it's only i think they're near the stables but it's only been an hour they say because they say they've been away from the baby for an hour so they went to the sheriff's station found out will scarlet was missing and have been tracking him but it's only been an hour also the sun has set were they going to go on a night hike i i don't get what their plan was i just think that they didn't care i just really don't So David tells Mary Margaret, hey, we should split up because if I'm going into the woods looking for a man, I don't want my wife around. And And Mary Mary Margaret's like, well, I'm going to go home and be with the baby because I can't be away from my baby for more than an hour at a time or I turn into a pumpkin. Have you not seen my jacket? I was going to mention the jacket. It's happening already! I actually don't dislike the jacket. She's wearing this giant orange jacket. It's terrible. This is going to sound weird, but remember when she was pregnant and they were putting her in all of the poncho stuff and it actually looked good on her? Yes. I think giant clothing looks better on the actress, so I don't have the issues you're apparently having with the giant pumpkin coat. I will say a good thing about the giant pumpkin coat. It's doing a good job of hiding the terrible outfit that's underneath it. Yeah. I mean, the rest of her outfit is not She's wearing good. this, like, long sleeve white shirt, and then over that she's got this weird vest sweater shirt thing that covers her whole torso but none of her arms and it's got this like crisscross pattern on it and a leather collar it's not good it's not good at all see the coat's fine it's just a big orange coat yeah it is covering that terrible outfit and it's got clean lines which is nice anyway she says she's gonna go back to the baby but then she hears digging so she goes to where the digging is which is like right next to where she is this is important i will bring this up later She immediately hears digging, looks, and immediately sees something. Remember that. All right. Okay. Also, again, we've been talking about this scene for longer than it is. All of the Mary, Margaret, and David scenes are really short. I'm going to stop bringing that up because it's just true from this point on, but it seems really weird. It is really weird. Meanwhile, Regina is magic-negging Emma. Yeah, she's all like, I have enchantments you haven't even seen yet. And Emma's like, well, I'd like to learn, and when you taught me, I learned pretty fast. Yeah, Emma wants to go fast with Regina. Emma's like, hey, you remember season four of Buffy when Willow and Tara were casting spells together? And Regina's like, uh, no, what we're doing here is season three of Buffy, and I'm Anya, and you're Willow. Aww, that's so sad. When we cast spells together, it's because I want something, not because of the lesbian subtext slash actual text. That is actually a really good analogy for what's happening. So, 
Regina is getting really pissed at Emma because she's like, why are you trying to be all buddy-buddy with me all of a sudden? This is not our dynamic. This is weird. You're creeping me out. Leave me the fuck alone. Well, even though it's not going to come up till later, can I can I express with sadness what's happening here? Which is that Regina doesn't understand someone wanting to be her friend. Which is what's happening. Emma just wants to be with her and she doesn't understand that. So she's like, I don't understand what you're getting out of this. I don't understand what's in this for you. And I don't understand friendship outside of what you're getting out of it. And she mentioned, she's like, you hurt me and you can't unhurt me. So back in the flashback, Emma and Lily have broken into an surprisingly empty house, even considering it's, you know, a lake house and it's not in season. I don't know how lake houses work. But the two of them are playing some PS1, I think. Sure, PS1. They're playing a racing game. And uh, Lily is kicking Emma's ass. It's a shame that Disney doesn't own Nintendo. Actually, it's not. That would be terrible. (laughs) Disney owns enough stuff as it is. But in this one small instance, it's a shame that Disney doesn't own Nintendo. Because they absolutely should be playing Mario Kart in this scene. Yeah, instead of generic car racer. Yeah. Which Lily is kicking Emma's ass at, and Emma's like, well, I never really had video games, but this is a lot of fun. Okay, I know it's important to see female female friendships, and, like, this is a very undervalued thing in society. I mean, that's one of the big things about Daria, is that it had a genuine female friendship that wasn't rooted in this, like, weird passive-aggressive thing the media portrays female friends as having. But there is so much subtext between these two. There really, really is. Like, I'm not trying to devalue female friendships at all, but holy shit. I know. I feel, I felt the same thing. I felt bad about this when I was watching this episode that I'm like, I was like, am I just having a problem letting women be friends with each other? But no, this is clearly a romance. It's shot and it's portrayed as a romance, just refusing to call it that. Yeah. Anyway, Emma notices that Lily has a star birthmark on her wrist. Hmm. That might be significant. It's actually funny that they bring that up in this episode and won't follow it up until... Like the end of next season, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty far out before they follow it up, yeah. Anyway, okay. So she has she notices the star and is like, oh, what is that? And Lily says it's, you know, just a birthmark. She's always had it. She likes to pretend it's like Harry Potter or something. And that it means she's got some sort of secret magical background that she'll one day learn about. Hmm. Hmm. So Emma says that it's cool, that it makes her special, and then she immediately grabs Emma's wrist and draws a star on it. Well, she's like, oh, it makes you one of a kind, it makes you special. And Lily's like, I know it sounds stupid, and Emma's like, it's not stupid, you are special. And then Lily takes her wrist and she draws a star on it with a... With a magic marker. And she's like, now, she's like, you're special too, now we're special together. Okay, a couple seasons ago, I joked that perhaps the flower tattoo on Emma's wrist was a reference to Lily instead of what it obviously is instead, which is just a tattoo that Jennifer Morrison probably has. But that tattoo is in the same spot where Lily draws the star. So now I think I'm right. And that is a flower tattoo in reference to Lily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So... Emma grabs a camera and she records the two of them laughing and hugging and pressing their faces together, but like in a friend way, guys. And Lily's like, let's promise no matter what to be friends forever. Promise that you'll be my friend no matter 
what might happen or that there won't be anything we can't come back from no matter what i might express or tell you i feel also i do also like non-lesbian note here mm. i i do like that when they grab the camera and try to make a video it's just like weird and awkward like those videos actually are because <laughs> on tv they're always like there are always like these perfect little moments that you can pan to ironically when the person is dead or missing. But here it's just like, oh, let's shoot a video. Two girls randomly squishing their faces together. Neither of us knows what to say. Let's stop shooting a video. Yeah, it's like 10 seconds of that. Yeah. So back in Storybrooke, Elsa finds Anna in the woods. But it turns out it's just a really fancy ice golem. Yep. Because, you know, ice powers include the power to create life, don't you know? Yeah. And also, if you get fancy enough at them, it can be life that looks exactly like a person and not just like a snowman person. Yeah, sure, why not? Anyway, it's the Snow Queen, and she tells and she tells Elsa what we've been shouting at her all episode, which is that it's a trap. And she uses her ice powers to make ice shackles to shackle her to the ground, because ice powers are kinky, you guys. Yeah, and she's like... The more afraid you are, the stronger the chains get. Yep. Okay. That's how ice magic works. Although, I mean, to be fair, it's not a real thing. I can work however they say it works. Yeah. So there's a bit to uh, the Snow Queen's collar that I like where it's got these little dangly crystals that look like icicles. I go back and forth on the Ice Queen's outfit. Because on one hand, it looks so fakey and cheap and not good, but there are all these little details in it I like, so. Well, I love how long the cape is. The, the way the cape kind of trails after her and follows her, especially because she makes these, like, sweeping movements when she walks that really utilizes the cape. Elsa's cape is also long like that, but I don't think she utilizes it as well. And you know what? I think Elizabeth Mitchell just has more bearing than the actress who plays Elsa. Yeah, it's, I'm disappointed she hasn't been in more stuff. Like, I was looking at her IMDb thing and... She was a main character on Lost. Who was she in Lost? Was she Juliet? Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess she was in Lost. She was in this. She was in the Mrs. Claus. Did she appear in Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause? She was in it, but her plotline circled around being pregnant, so she couldn't do or say anything to affect the plot. Anyway, back in this show that uh, we're watching... Yeah, so Will is has been digging a lot of holes. He's looking for something. Yeah, he's off on the beach and... Maybe he's looking for a way back into his, you know, spinoff. He's digging a hole. Yeah. Anyway, Mary Margaret finds him and is like, yep, totally caught you. And I'm going to make a citizen's arrest, except more than that, because I'm the sheriff's wife. I like when she, she tells him that she's the sheriff's wife and he's like, you're married to the blonde. And she's like, no, the other one. And it's like, well, he went the right way with it, let's be honest. Yeah, but she also says the blonde is my daughter, and he has this look of confusion on his face, but he's also like, if I follow up with that, it's just going to be like a whole other hour of backstory, and I do not care. But yeah, she says, no, that one's my daughter, I'm married to the other one. And it's like, guess how corrupt and nepotistic this town is. God, she's being such a dick to Will Scarlet. She's like... I thought you'd be taller and smarter, which okay. you, you don't know anything about him other than he was a guy who got arrested for drunkenly breaking into a library. Okay, first of all, that is pretty dumb. Also, he's looking for something that he buried 
and he drew a map to it and buried the map with the thing he's looking for. So yeah, he's not the brightest star in the heavens. Mary Margaret does know that. That is pretty dumb. But in his defense, he's drunk. <laughs> and he was drunk when he did that. Yeah. So Mary Margaret is like, wait, how come you don't care that I just caught you? And he's like, because I've seen how corrupt the sheriffs in this town are and I don't want to get shot in the back. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I know. I bet David let you go so I could find you and that would help me with my self-esteem. Ah, I've totally figured out the situation. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. She says David wanted to remind me how good I am at tracking. Which is why I told you to remember that she heard the noise and he was right there. Bitch didn't do any tracking. What is she talking about? And she's like, I bet you didn't even do anything serious. And he's like, yeah, I drunkenly broke into a library and your and your daughter and husband locked me up and just didn't feed me. Yeah. So she's like, okay, well, if you admit that David did this, I'll pardon you. And he's like, yeah, David did it. And she's like, okay, go on your merry way. Oh, is that a pun? Not intentionally, but yeah. Yeah, that works. Also, I mean, she points out that her husband and daughter are the sheriffs and that she is the mayor because this town is so fucking corrupt, you guys. Anyway, back in the storyline we care about, Emma and Regina reach the ice bridge and are like, ah, Elsa was definitely here. Yep, not like anyone else who does ice magic is out and about. Well, I mean, she probably wouldn't make a bridge. Because she can effing teleport. Oh my, oh my god, let's cover that in a second. So they're about halfway over the bridge when it starts kerploding. Oh my god, if only one of you had magical bridge-making powers that you demonstrated a few episodes ago. Oh my god, if only one of you could teleport. <laughs> right? Anyway, Regina rightly figures out immediately that this is because Sydney betrayed them. And Emma's like, you just told me you didn't know where Sydney was. Come on! So back in the flashback, uh, Emma and Lily are sleeping together under a... Uh... Under a blanket on the couch. Unfortunately, uh, since this is uh, back when VCRs were a thing, the ring is at, the ring girl is after him. Oh, that's so funny because the TV is all fuzzy because whatever they were watching has ended. And I was thinking more poltergeist. Ah, yeah. It's funny how much humans are afraid of blank TVs. Static is effing terrifying. Yeah, huh. Well, see, that's why I'm glad digital has become such a standard thing. Yeah, when the thing that we're done watching stops, then it just starts cycling stock image photos from my Chromecast. Which has only been terrifying, like, a couple times. Remember that thing where there was the weird thing with the skeletons behind the ice? Yeah, there have been some weird pictures that come up on the Chromecast. That's that's accurate. But but like you said, mostly it's just nature. Yeah. Usually it's just, like, mountains and trees and shit. And not, you know, horrifying static. I think it's because it's such an unknown thing. You didn't play the original Pokemon games. I'm going to go into a thing here. About Pokemon? Yes. Okay, so there was a glitch in the original games where if you did this series of, like, unrelated things, you'd talk to this one guy in this one town, and then you go to this one island, and you ride just, like, on the edge of the island, you'd get to see junk data. Like, there was a thing the programmers had done because... You know, Game Boys didn't have that much space. And the original Pokemon game was ridiculously complicated for the system it was on. So they stored a whole bunch of junk data in this one thin line that you had to do a bunch of stuff to activate. See, there were originally more Pokemon planned. But since they didn't end up making those, there were these empty slots. And instead of there being 
Pokemon, there was just this random uh, mix of pixels that okay. would appear when you were going up and down that would appear as though a Pokemon had appeared, except instead of a Pokemon, it would just be this weird random mix of pixels. Oh, like like electronic glitch Pokemon, like 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 Princess Vanellope in uh yeah in Wreck It Ralph glitch Pokemon. And the reason you would do this isn't like you wouldn't catch them because that could really mess up your game, but due to some coding error, it would make one. It would make like whatever was in your uh, bag. It would multiply one of the item slots in your bag by. 39. Oh, cool. So it's like this cool little glitch where you could use it to make a whole bunch of different... There are actually a lot of video games that have hidden data like that, that wasn't, that was originally going to be part of the game and got cut for some reason, but if you go over the mountain range in just the right way, you can still get to it and see pieces of it. Yeah, and it's really cool, and there's a whole bunch of, like, fiction based around it, because the missing no sprite is just pieces of other sprites broken into little squares that form this sort of box thing. Yeah, that's cool. See, that's my favorite part of video games, is, like, the unintentional stuff like that. When it's broken in really interesting ways. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh... So, back in Once Upon a Time, a wild adult appears. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a wild adult. Specifically, the guy who was chasing them in the van earlier. And Emma's like, back off, I'm gonna bash his head in with this candlestick. Yeah, Emma is on the job. I respect her so much. And she's like, yeah, we're not going to go back into the fucked up foster system. Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah, and then he's like, um, Lily, you should tell this girl that I'm your dad. And Lily's like, yeah, it's my dad. Sorry I lied. Turns out I'm, uh, yeah, turns out I'm, you know, not in the system. Except, I mean, she was an orphan. She's been adopted. This is her adoptive father. So when she told Emma... I am an orphan. I never found a family where I felt like I belonged. She wasn't lying. But, just that she's been adopted. But Emma is fucking heartbroken. She turns to uh, she turns to Lily and she's like, but you said you were like me. Oh. And it's like, oh God. The camera work, I feel strong here because they're not focusing on the person who's talking. Like they're focusing on the person who's reacting most to what's being said. Yes, if you pause the video, you can see the exact moment when Emma's heart breaks. So, Regina takes Sydney out of her pocket and starts yelling at him for uh, working for the Snow Queen. She's yep. like, you're a traitor. And he's like, I can't be a traitor when you imprisoned me and made me work for you. Yeah, he's like, hey, it's a good thing that I'm trapped in a mirror because when I'm gone, you will have the mirror to... Look at yourself and see what a mess you made of things. It's not a strong line, but whatever. He's been trapped in a mirror. What's strong is that then he vanishes so that now she is just looking at her face, screwed up in rage, and can kind of see what a mess she's made of things. Anyway. So the two of them have to action run across the bridge and then dive as it collapses behind them. Instead of teleporting or making another bridge to stand on. Yeah. Boy, if only we remembered we had magical powers. Yep. Some real Newt's commanders up in here. Meanwhile, Elsa's like, wait a second. If these chains are powered by being afraid, all I have to do is get super fucking pissed off. Yeah, I'll just stop being afraid, like in that terrible Will Smith movie with Jaden Smith. Oh, God. You know the one I'm talking about? I do. Uh, After Earth. Yeah, where the monsters... Cypher rage. Yeah, and the... Yes. And the monsters sense your fear, so what you have to really do is stop being afraid of the monsters. 
Yep. Yep. Speaking of people being dumb, uh, actually not speaking of that at all. Lily's adopted father is talking to the police about how, you know, he just has some shitty kid who was having a lesbian affair in his summer house and the police didn't need to come. You know what? Um, I assumed it was his summer house. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just someone's house. Yeah, true. Although he found her there. Okay, yeah, it's gotta be his. Anyway, Lily's all like, Emma, take my phone number and my address and come rescue me so that we can run away together. Yeah, she says, when this blows over, we can run away together. And Emma's like, no, no, I can't, like, I have issues trusting people. And, like, what you did is something I can't look past. And Lily's like, I never technically lied to you, which is not a good thing to say to someone who's mad at you for not telling them your situation. But she's like, I never technically lied to you. This is, we're referencing season one a lot here, and adopted parents aren't real parents. Okay, you said that when we were watching this, and I held off on bringing this up. Okay. I have no sympathy for the TV show acting like somehow the bond that an adoptive parent has with a, an adoptive child is less because it's not biological. Mm-hmm. But I have a great deal of sympathy for children who feel like who feel like they aren't connecting with their adoptive parents. And that's not a failure of the concept of an adoption. That's a failure of the actual adults in the situation. And I do have a lot of sympathy for them. Or. Or maybe she's magically incapable of, 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 of experiencing love because of something Mary Margaret and David did to her. Yeah. But, oh my God. Yeah. Emma's the only person she can love because of who she is. David and Mary Margaret destroyed this girl. Mm. And they faced, like, zero comeuppance for it. Emma's mad at them for, like, half an episode. And Mary they, Margaret hits her head on a rock. They never make amends to Lily. No. Lily has such this... She's got such an interesting story, and the show just straight up drops her at a, after a certain point. Oh, my God. I... Yeah. It's weird because... The plot line just makes me... I don't know if it makes me hate David and Mary Margaret. I already hated David and Mary Margaret. This just makes them hypocrites. <laughs> but the thing is, conceptually, I really like Lily. And Lily should have been a much bigger character in this show than she ends up being. She really should have been. It actually makes me wonder if they had plans for her that they couldn't do for logistical reasons. Yeah, I, I could. I could see that. Because they build Lily up a lot, and then she does basically nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So Lily tries to give Emma her phone number or address or something. She tries to give her her information, and Emma's just like, no. And then just to make sure that it's very clear what's going on, she rubs the magic marker star off of her wrist. Oh, God. And it's just... It's heartbreaking. And these actresses are really good. Like, Lily is breaking down, screaming after Emma as her dad puts her in the car and takes her away. Plus, don't forget, I mean, it's kind of, it kind of happens in the background. But as a result of this kind of this whole mishigash, now Emma's got been caught by social services and she's back in the system. Ugh. I mean, she doesn't really say it out loud, but I have to think that's part of the reason she's so mad at Lily. Oh, no, I could definitely see that. Like, from her point of view, Lily's just a spoiled child who didn't like where she was living. And now because she wanted to go have an adventure, Emma's back in the system. 
So I can I can see being really pissed at Lily about that. Meanwhile, uh, Snow Queen has a second bro of defense, which is a giant ice knight. I wrote ice warrior in my... Yeah, I guess he's like ice viking-y. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to give him a character class, he's definitely a warrior. He's got a shield and a mace and... Ah, a helmet with horns on it. Yeah. So, uh, Regina fire blasts him like she did with Marshmallow, and it melts him a little bit, but he just reforms. And I'm just like, wait a second... What works usually fairly consistently in the show still? If we shoot things together. So what I think's interesting is that Regina's not shooting fire. She's shooting this weird red energy. Yeah, she's shooting red energy. Emma's shooting white energy. This is going to translate on the ice beast to flames and he melts. Yeah. He is all water and that's how they defeated the ice knight warrior guy. Ice Berserk, he just sploosh. And uh, once the mini boss is dead, the main boss appears. So the Snow Queen appears and she bamps Regina's mirror into her hand because ice teleportation's a thing, as his apparently ice force choking. Yeah, ice force choking. She is ice force choking both Regina and Emma, and then Elsa appears and like ice blaster. Uh, ice blast at least is a thing. Yeah. And the Snow Queen's like, hey! Turns out you're not a giant wuss after all. Good for you, Elsa. We should fight together. And Elsa's like, you just don't know. That's not how this is going down. Yeah, Elsa's like, why do you think we would team up? And Snow Queen's like, whatever, I got what I want. Look at this mirror. And then she ice teleports away. Yeah, because she's got ice teleportation. Neat. So... And I was like, hey, Regina, didn't we do a great job? Weren't we so good together? And Regina's like, this didn't change anything. I'm still super pissed at you. Regina says we're not partners, which is so sad. And she also tells Emma that she knows that Emma would have just thought she was evil if Emma knew that she had imprisoned Sydney in a mirror so that she could find Marion and kill her before Emma rescued her, but then changed her mind and decided to use the imprisoned Sydney glass to track down the Snow Queen instead. Honestly, Regina, you're not coming off great here. <laughs> I know, it does sound pretty evil. Jeez, Emma, you would have thought I was evil if you knew about this evil thing I was doing. Yeah, but I decided to use the evil thing for good-ish. Whatever, I don't have to, like, I don't have to deal with you. We're never going to get along because I don't want us to get along. Also, she's like, wait, I just remembered. I have teleportation. I don't have to put up with any of this. And she teleports away. I do like the teleportation hand gesture thing. Yeah, because it's got a real whatever bitch uh, aesthetic to it. It is a good gesture for leaving a scene. So in the Snow Queen's snow cave. Yeah. Her fortress of solitude. Her fortress of frozen-tude. Yeah. She's like, hey, Sydney, get the fuck out of the show. And he's like, wait, but my whole thing is serving a queen and I thought you were going to be the queen I served instead of Regina. And she's like, no, thank you. Yeah. I just needed the mirror you were trapped in. I needed a mirror that was touched by magic and now that you're not in it anymore, I've got what I want. So, scoo. Specifically, she needed the mirror that was touched by Regina's dark magic. Yeah. And then then there's a lot of talk about how mirrors are magic, which, okay, I mean, you know how I got all fluttery before when... Once upon a time, paid attention to how important names are in fairy tales. 
I do like how much they're they're leaning into this. She talks about how mirrors capture a little fraction of people's souls in them. This really made me think of the thing from the witches books in uh, Discworld, right? Because uh, witches try not to get trapped between two mirrors. Yeah, witches abroad. And, mirror... and then the the evil witch actually uses mirror magic, and it yeah, and it diminishes her soul. Yeah, it makes her powerful, but it makes her less of a person. Yeah, mirrors. Mirrors are often used in fairy tales. In fact, in the fairy tale of the Snow Queen, mirrors are very important. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and the original Snow Queen story is also big on mirrors, and uh, our patrons can hear me read them, the story of the Snow Queen, on our website in the patron lounge, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. So the Snow Queen dismisses Sydney, and she's like, okay, you know, we're not really using you to your full potential here, so go be in a better show. I think this is the last time we see Sydney. I can't swear to it, but I think it's the last time we see Sydney. Yeah. So she breaks off a little piece from Regina's hand mirror that she had Sydney trapped in and uses it to fix a mirror she's been putting together. And she looks into it and she's like, finally, I'm going to have what I really want, a family that loves me. And this is where the Snow Queen falls apart for me as a character. Really? Because I like her. I like what, like, again, I like the actress. I like the character. Even the motivation kind of makes sense. But, like, her end goal is dumb. To I'm be just gonna... loved? To have a family that loves her? To replace the sisters that she lost with two random magic women she found. I mean... Okay, they're not random magic women. Emma is. Yeah, Emma's pretty random. No, if, like, if she wanted to just live with other men, if she wanted to wipe out non-magical people, like, if they had gone full Magneto with her. Yeah, I mean, you're... It's true, because I'm thinking about it here, and I'm like, I'm thinking about what you're saying here, and Elsa's really hungry for a family. And honestly, so is Emma. She probably could have schemed 0%, just shown up, and been like, hey, here's who I am, and I really want to start a society of magical women. And they'd have been like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, this is a thing where her her plotting really goes against her end goal. Yeah, she's, you know what, she gets in her own way. I think there's a problem with powerful women. They get in their own way. More is basically her plot. Yeah. Yeah. See, I would have liked it better if she was just trying to freeze over the world so it would be safe for her and people like her. Yeah, that would make more sense. That would be cooler. All right, let's talk about the most important scene in the episode. Emma and... Elsa are walking through the woods, mm-hmm. and Emma says how much she wants to be with Regina, but she can't be because she knows what it's like. After you betray someone, there's no coming back. And she talks about how she was with this girl, Lily, but it didn't work. She thought that they would be best friends. You guys. There's a pregnant ass pause there. There is, like, an octomom pause between I thought we would be and best friends. There is, like, there is, like, an elephant's pregnancy worth of pause. It's two years. Yes. And Elsa says, well, if two people are really meant to be together, then nothing's going to keep them apart. Not even a giant snowman. Yeah. And I'm like, you're kind of not helping all those people who shipped you and Anna after the movie came out. I don't know if you remember, but that was a very large thing for a while there. Oh, God, I don't remember that. I remember Elsa being shipped with Jack Frost from the Rise of the Guardians. 
Yeah, there was a large part of the internet that were convinced for some reason that Elsa wasn't supposed to be Anna's sister, that it was supposed to be a lesbian love thing, and they threw in the sister thing. Uh, no. No, I reject that. I believe it. I just reject it. So, inspired by her conversation with Elsa, Emma goes to find Regina, and she's like, there was this one time where I was super in lesbians with this girl when I was a teenager, but uh, I got really mad at her, and I regret never being able to reconnect with her, so let's bone. Yeah, that's what happens. That, that tracks is exactly what happens. I'm gl- I shouldn't gloss over this, though, because it's Emma talking about how no one else can understand the two of them. The two of them have this special connection that's sort of beyond everyone else. Okay, the tragic thing I love about this scene is that Regina's like, oh... I just legit had no context for understanding a person wanting to be around me who didn't want something from me. And now that I know that's what's going on, I am willing to let you in. Yeah, we skipped over it, but she tells Emma earlier, like, the only reason you want to work with me, the only reason you're trying to spend time with me is to make yourself feel better about how much you screwed me over. But... Yeah, Emma talks about how they have this special connection, how they both grew up without love, and how this whole thing, and they've got something weird and strange and beautiful and powerful inside themselves, and how it becomes stronger when they work together. So Emma's leaving, and after giving her speech about how they're connected at the soul, and Regina's like, Emma, wait, I don't want to kill you. And I'm just like, well, that's a start. I mean, do you know how few people Regina doesn't want to kill? Yeah. And then we cut to wrap up the David and Mary Margaret plot, and there's ten seconds of them, like, making out over their baby. And Mary Margaret's like, hey, I figured out that you just let Will Scarlet go so that I could have my moment in the sun. And I pardoned him, and David's like, no, I didn't do that at all. It would have been so easy for David to say nothing and let Mary Margaret keep feeling good about herself, but he's like, no, you're stupid. He actually escaped, and you pardoned him. But he didn't really do anything bad, so who cares? Just let her have that moment. Seriously. Ugh. I mean, maybe it's dangerous to let Mary Margaret go around thinking she should be pardoning people and believing them. Maybe it's dangerous to let her think that she knows what's going on. But, yeah, David's like, no, you were just stupid, but, I mean, he did just break into a library, so I guess we were sort of imprisoning him for no reason. Ha 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 You guys are the worst. I'm glad you guys only have, like, five minutes of plot per episode now. I can't wait for the plot where only one of you is awake at once. That's the best. Yeah. I like David and Mary Margaret best when they can't be in the room together. So back in the sheriff's station, Emma and Hook are going through, like, the boxes of crap. And because, you know, it's the end of the episode and we have to remember that uh, Emma likes Dick too. So, you know, looks back from his fishing trip or whatever. And I do like that they were going through all the boxes of town stuff. But now Emma's got a box of personal stuff that half a box of plot significant tchotchkes of which you spoke. Mm. And she's going through it too. There's a picture of her and Neil. Aw. A little awkward. Right? I mean, when Hook's standing there and he's like, oh yeah, it's the person i loved as a son and that my current girlfriend used to date but she finds a tape so they're in the sheriff's office which we know right yeah we know they only have betamax here oh have they said that have yeah, they... yeah david said that 
Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, but what about with the second curse? No, this was after the second curse. This was, uh, this was when, remember when they were watching the videotape of Rumpel not killing uh, the Wicked Witch of the West? Right. And David made a joke about them only having Betamax. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, the tape that Emma has. Okay. So Emma has a tape, and you know what? I don't care because I'm ready to move the plot along. But it's definitely a VHSC, which is a compact VHS tape that has um, a, that has the the tape itself is the same tape that's in VHSs. But you have to pop into like a cassette thing. I remember those. Yeah. So and she just sticks it in the. There's no way it's plain. You know what? It doesn't matter. We're watching the video. So we're watching the video, and it's her messing around with. You know, it's that short clip of her and Lily goofing around together. And. And Hook is being nice and comforting and like, oh, your childhood friend that you lost. And then... And then it flashes to a foster home where someone has stolen Emma's camera and is goofing around with it. And Emma doesn't remember this foster home. Like, not a single thing. And Hook doesn't understand me. I don't remember any of this. Hook's like, who's that? And she's like, I don't remember. And Hook's like, where is that? And she's like, I don't remember. Well, he says you must... He says you must have blocked it out. And then he's like, wait, who's that? Because that is definitely the Snow Queen who was your foster mom. Turns out that her foster mom in this home she doesn't remember was the Snow Queen. What? Okay. We gave this show so much shit last season for unrevealing reveals. Yeah. This is a legit good revealing reveal. Yeah. This was like, I I know I just did the, you know, fake high-pitched what, but no, this was really a... this was such a good episode, and that was such a great note to end it on. It really is. So, that's it for this episode. This was a really good episode. I forgot, we've watched a little ahead, and we're starting to get into the not giving a shit seasons. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet, and this was so good. And also, the whole the injection of Teen Emma and Teen Lily has sort of brought to the forefront how they really should have rotating cast on this, but... Right? Then we could have no David and Mary Margaret and just some stories about adult Lily and Emma and how they're dealing with the fallout of what happened to Lily. Yeah. You know what David and Mary Margaret's plot should be? Not in the show anymore. Or or how about dealing with what they did? That's Yeah, it's weird how that's not going to kick in until the next half of this season. And even then, they barely have to deal with it. Ugh. Anyway, so shall we talk about the moments in this show that directly reference Frozen? Uh, well, there's the bit where the Snow Queen tells Elsa that she's going to build a snowman to stop Regina and Emma from coming any closer, and that's when she makes the ice warrior guy. And of course, the shot-for-shot remake of Elsa running up the ice bridge. With her arms doing that weird thing. The weird windmilly thing. Also, I would argue the whole change that uh, grows stronger with fear thing, because that also looks like a direct reference to when she was chained to the, uh... Huh, it does look like that shot, and also the idea that her powers are less under control when she's afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know what's not a reference to Frozen? That purple cape that she's wearing. Yeah, she just spontaneously has a purple cape. Which, I mean, given her powers, I guess it's not that. Which I feel like kind of segues us into Fashion Corner. Yeah, look at that! Because that purple cape does not go with that outfit. She's wearing a purple cape. It's fine. It's not bad or anything, it's just... Although it does also look like kind of a Party City cape. And it's not... It's, it looks like it's Party City and it's not what Elsa wore. So what? what are we doing here? What's going on? 
We've talked at length about how awesome Emma's sweater is and how Regina's outfit just really did not pull together. I mean, it wasn't bad. It's weird how, like, the only outfit I really liked in this episode was a white sweater with jeans. Yeah. Unusual for once upon a time. Yeah. And I didn't have serious issues with Mary Margaret's, uh, with Mary Margaret's pumpkin coat, mostly because it hid what... What was underneath the horrible pumpkin coat? It was fine. It was passable, just like everything else Mary Margaret does. Actually, that coat probably... I, I could like that coat. Okay. Uh, the thing is, that coat kind of felt older for her. Huh. Well, I mean, that makes sense because we want her to be more maternal now, now that we have Neil and all that stuff. Yeah. That's like a th- That's like the coat you'd wear in your late 40s, I'd say. It's like a late 40s sort of fashionable woman coat. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So I think that does us for this week. All right, so... so... Next week we'll find out more about what was going on with the Snow Queen being Emma's foster mom. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Fun on a bun. This show is partially listener-supported, and I wanted to thank our $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Cassidy, Alec, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan. We want to thank you very much. You help us uh, keep talking about this fairy tale show. And... Uh, if you like the show, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And if you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ilovetelevisionzines. If you have a question or comment, send us an email at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us at ilovetvzines. If you would like to become one of our patrons or if you would like to listen to past episodes, you can do so at our website, ilovetelevisionzines.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to Storybrooke.